Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's going to be my last show starting next week. This will be Rafael Barlow's NBA Big Board. Lots to talk about, Final Four, NBA Draft, some stroll down memory lane. I want to share a few memories from the NBA Draft. It's going to be a great show today. I'm pumped for it to be my last show. Let's roll. I'm Chad Ford. He's Rafael Barlow, soon to be the lead host for Rafael Barlow's NBA Big Board, as well as taking over my NBA Big Board newsletter at Substack, uh, where he's been a contributor uh, and director of scouting for the last couple of months. Rafael, uh, we've been talking about this for for a while now. It's 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 finally happening, and I want to I want to kick off the show by letting our listeners know what they can expect uh, from Rafael Barlow's uh, Big Board podcast and from his Substack newsletter going forward. I know you've got a lot of big plans for it. Um, there's going to be some changes. And uh, let's kick off the show with uh, what to expect in the future. Well, first of all, um, thanks again for this opportunity. And uh, I've mentioned it before. I just really uh, appreciate everything you've done for, for me and, and choosing me. But it's, a lot of it is going to stay the same, just going to kind of add, I guess, my own flavor to it. So, for example, the Big Board podcast will be at least four days a week, maybe five. So if you're a, a listener and you enjoy the podcast, um, there's going to be more content for you. And then I'll, I'll be adding more videos to the, to the website, doing video breakdowns and just have some pretty cool... Uh, projects that I'm looking forward to to doing. I think one of them is uh, I shouldn't say I think one of the projects that I plan on doing is kind of like touring some of the facilities where the prospects are working out this summer and getting content, interviews, behind the scenes stuff. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. I think you're the right person to take over this podcast and the newsletter. I've said that a couple of times, and and really ever since I've met you. And uh, I already think the work that you're doing is great. You can actually go over to NBABigBoard.com right now and read Rafael Barlow's first big board um, that he's done for us, all 60 prospects. And there's some significant changes from uh, Big Board 5.0, some of that because of what happened during March Madness, some of that just Rafael's differences between him and I in scouting. And you've got a new number one uh, on, on Big Board 6.0, Paulo Banquero. Uh, who I've had ranked anywhere from like three to four on my big board. You've got him number one. He makes it all the way to the final four. You think you're sticking with him throughout the throughout the draft now? Is he is he your guy? Is this locked in for you? Yeah. I mean, I've been riding the Mancaro bandwagon all season, and he's been my number one. I shouldn't say all season, but he's been my number one since the end of November. And uh, I, I thought that he definitely solidified his, his spot at the, the top of the list with this play. In the NCAA tournament, I mean, he was the last one standing. Not saying that means everything, but I thought that one of the the biggest concerns that people may have had was his outside shooting, and he made 10 out of 19 from three. So um, I, I'm probably going to stick with it. I mean, there's no more games to play now, so um, unless you know you, what you what I hear or see from the workout circuit, but I can't imagine any of the the top three guys really doing much working out. So. I think he's yeah that's right I mean we're not we're not going to hear much in the way of workouts there'll be some individual stuff that they may do with you know two or three teams at the top but yeah you know at this point it's probably smart to stick with your guy I'm, I'm a Jabari Smith guy for the record uh, that would be my guy for the number one 
number one pick in the draft. But I, I think that you're going to see, uh, unlike a lot of drafts, a lot of debate between Boncaro, Javari Smith, Chet Holmgren is still uh, in the mix there as well. Jaden Ivey, an outside chance, but I, I, I think after his implosion in the tournament, that 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 might be a little bit harder uh, get for him. Raphael, I, I think actually I I messed up the lead uh, for for this whole podcast. Now that I'm thinking, the most important thing that happened this week was that the Kansas Jayhawks won the national championship. Uh, what a what a retirement gift! I think they did it just for me. Uh, what a retirement gift uh, uh, for me to watch the Jayhawks uh, win. The national championship and, and and a team that I'll be honest that I I didn't think was going to be able to pull it off this year, uh, and a, a historic second half comeback for them, uh, which uh, you know was was really awesome against North Carolina. I'm curious who you thought out of the final four helped their draft stock the most. I've been looking at your big board coming up. Is is it is it Christian Brown? Yeah, I think he put himself in a strong position to be a first round pick i think um the last one you had him in the the 40s i i believe and um there's there's somebody on twitter that is blowing up my at mentions every time (laughs) fussing at both of us because because i guess they're christian brown uh i guess they're they're the leader of his fan club so uh, but yeah i mean i thought he helped himself and i mean just he just capped off a crazy turnaround i mean I don't. I don't recall seeing a guy whose role completely changed in one year. I mean, we've seen guys have a bigger role as far as like their production, but he transformed his game from a spot-up shooter to this versatile weapon. And uh, I think that he's put himself in position to be a first-round pick. Yeah, I, I thought he did. I I, I actually thought uh, Ochai winning the most uh, outstanding player of the Final Four was a little bit of a head scratcher um, for me, though. Though he against Miami and then against Villanova was was fantastic but it was actually a little bit quiet in that in that championship game I I really did think that Brown led that comeback with his toughness and aggressiveness Uh, I really thought that that was a huge huge key Um, Remy Martin frankly those big shots that Remy Martin had down the stretch I, I think I think he's the reason frankly that that Kansas Turned this around and and became the national champion uh, this year. Just 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 what he was able to do in the tournament was huge for them, and they they desperately needed a player like him. Can't forget about uh, McCormick. He had the big game yeah. on against Villanova, and he hit the shot. The the didn't he have two buckets in the yeah. he- big buckets? He was getting roasted by the TNT guys at halftime. Uh, Charles Barkley was roasting. You know why is Bill Self using this guy? But you know down the stretch he was big. Of course, Baycott was out. Uh, at the at the very end of the game, which which was somewhat helpful, I want to talk for a minute about Caleb Love. Though I've gotten more questions about Caleb Love, who had some monster, just absolutely monster games against Duke uh, and and uh, a Baylor, uh, or sorry, not Baylor, um, UCLA as well, and then had some dud games against Baylor and not a great championship game by any stretch of the imagination against Kansas when he's hot and he's hitting shots he looks like he could be a lottery pick and that's how he was projected out of high school was that he was going to be late lottery mid first round pick when he's not hitting shots uh, and and he has the ultimate green light at North Carolina to chuck those shots up he looks maybe more where he was projected as a as a second rounder to to undrafted prospect 
where do you have him on your new big board and and what do you think his ceiling is in the NBA? I mean, that's a tough question because, like you said, he can look like a lottery pick one night and the next he could, I mean, Baylor, for example, one of six. I think he had like six points and six turnovers, six of 17 versus St. Peter's, five for 24 versus Kansas. Between that, the 30-point and 28-point games. But the one thing that never changes is his confidence. His confidence is the exact same whether he's missed five shots in a row or, or, or made five. And I tweeted that I, I think the game is going to come down to who plays well or who plays the worst between Remy Martin and and Caleb Love. It's like you got two, I guess, irrational confidence guys, and one of them is going to probably make some clutch shots. And unfortunately for Love, it wasn't him. I have him as a second-round pick. I mean, I think that he's best used in the NBA as maybe like a microwave scorer off the bench. I don't know if he's steady or consistent enough to be like a a starter. But, I mean, there's always room for guys that can create their own shot, guys that aren't afraid of the moment. And that's one thing you can say about him. He is not afraid of the moment. And, um, yeah, man, I just see him as somebody that brings instant offense. Yeah, I, I I like him. I was not he did not make my top sixty uh, before, uh, and I flirted with it a number of times. Scouts weren't that high, you know. Talking to a lot of guys this weekend and kind of saying my goodbyes to them and getting their thoughts on this uh, on the high end of, of a scout that really liked him. He said he saw some Jamal Crawford um, in him, uh, and I and I thought that was sort of an interesting. Um, comp uh, for for other scouts, they said, "Look, there's a there's a million guys like this in the draft that can get hot on any given night and drop thirty, and then are but are going to be radically inconsistent." Um, I think he's going to come out. I think he'll get drafted in the second round, and maybe with a, elite workouts, uh, he can work his way into the first round. But t- definitely, the guy to me that I think raised his profile. Um, with scouts considerably and and I think I think at the end of the day he helped himself because like I said he wasn't in my top 60 and I don't think he was in a lot of top 60s uh, for teams and I definitely think that he's at least there now and and has the chance to move up because he'll definitely get a lot of workouts and a lot of teams will want to see him up close and he, he's got the size he's got the athleticism he's got the the confidence that you talked about that shot um, is is okay uh, it's it's not elite but it but it goes in and and so I, I think it'll be a really interesting uh, to see uh, where he goes. So Kansas Jayhawks. Wow, I I, I was dying in that game too. Uh, and and the, and then and then with the turn the turnover. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, did you see the lady behind the bench? She when they kept showing the replay, she was behind the Kansas bench. She had her head down the whole time while they kept showing the replay. And in my mind, I'm thinking like. I mean, it's, it's a long shot for, for Carolina to tie the game, but it had to have been a mom of, of one of the players because she looked like she was so super stressed out. Oh, man, I was going to die. Uh, John Rothstein always has this, uh, grab your nitroglycerin pills. And I was like looking around in, in my hotel room for one because I, I, need, I needed it at that moment. All right. Well, look, that's a that's a little preview. You can read so much more over at NBABigBoard.com. Uh, all 60 of Raphael's top prospects in our Big Board 6.0. You're also going to uh, get a look at on Friday morning, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, going to drop around the same time. Uh, my 10 guys that I really believe in uh, as the future of the NBA, including some guys from the 2023 
uh, NBA draft as well. These are guys that aren't necessarily going to go in the order that I put them in, but these are 10 guys uh, that, that, that I really believe in uh, that are going to be the future. And, and, I, and I thought that was kind of a great column for me to go out with is something around looking forward. Here's the, here's the prospects that I personally um, am excited about. So you can also go find that, uh, find that on Friday over at nbabigboard.com. And then Monday, Rafael Barlow, with the big mock draft, the NBA regular season ends on Sunday. So that means Monday mock draft time. We'll have the draft order until, you know, until the lottery uh, ultimately figures out which are the lottery picks. And uh, I'm really looking forward um, to our, our first kind of legitimate post NCAA basketball end of regular season mock draft. These are when the mock drafts get serious. And you can look for that on Monday over at nbabigboard.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more? The same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And uh, I love built bars and I love their, their new their new product, Built Bar Puffs. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that with a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, New for this month, white chocolate, cookies and cream. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming all the time. They think a flavor might be good. They'll make it. It'll be delicious and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they do it every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Look, one of the one of the amazing things about the job that I've had is I've got to meet some really incredible people um, in my experience here, players, coaches, general managers, um, what have you. The game brings a lot of a lot of really cool people um, that are out there. Uh, you know, a couple that I want to just shout out: R.C. Buford of the San Antonio Spurs that I've got a chance to serve on a, a, a board uh, at Peace Players. Uh, for the last uh, 15 years, I, I don't think people really understand that not only is R.C. Buford this incredible general manager, but like how he's deeply been involved in the sport, 
uh, and and creating opportunities for people, young people uh, around the world, um, to, uh, to to thrive. Uh, one of them is actually a front office uh, folk person for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Summer Jassar, um, who he met at a Peace Players camp um, and was one of the first um, Palestinian um, players to, um, to, to be brought over. Um, he's funding a leadership academy uh, at Peace Players that's giving lots of young people opportunities, paying for college for people, you know, so many just awesome different things and be able to work with, you know, people like that that have found ways, and there's so many um, that I could talk about, of thinking about how the game can be used to improve people's lives, uh, to give back, to provide opportunities for people. Um, this was something I was always passionate about, and uh, I, and I got to be around a lot of really uh, amazing people um, who did that. Steve Kerr um, has just been another one who um, you know has really been um, you know fantastic uh, on uh, on the on that account. Um, the, there, I, I could just go down the list. I'm not going to go down everybody, but there was one person in particular that really you know. Um, impacted my life, and that was Dikembe Mutombo. And uh, I met uh, Dikembe uh, several times as as just a, a reporter. Uh, but I, I I decided to cover a story around the first Africa 100 camp uh, that was happening in South Africa. This is it, I, th- I believe Basketball Without Borders was a thing back then, but this was this was kind of what was going to become Basketball um, Without Borders. And uh, I went with um, uh, Matumbo and other reporters. There was a number of reporters there, and you know, a number of NBA players. I, I, um, that 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 Michael Curry was there. I remember, you know, a number of other um, folks. And and it, it was an awesome camp. It was the first foray, really serious foray, into into Africa for the NBA and and, and trying to um, develop uh, coaches, develop players, um, give NBA coaching resources. But Matumbo was also doing his thing. Uh, if you don't know Matumbo, he was a humble dude who was building hospitals and building schools and, and, and giving back to both his home country of the Congo as well as South Africa and other countries as well. And it, it was it was on this trip um, with him in, um, I, I believe it was 2005, maybe 2004. Um, it, it was on the, this trip with him that I started looking at my own life and asking myself, like, what am I doing? Um, I'm writing about basketball. I love it. It's a dream. Uh, but I also had a background in conflict resolution. I'd also gone to graduate school to learn how to be a mediator. You know, all this stuff that just I wasn't doing or wasn't, you know, connected with. And it was a, it was a long conversation on a bus ride um, from Soweto back to a hotel in Johannesburg where Matumbo asked me, Chad, what are you doing with your life? Like, I hear you're a mediator. I've heard all these other different things. Like, what, what are you really doing um, with your life? And it was one of those call-outs. Um, I don't think he meant it to be mean. I think he meant it to be a question. Um, but as I, as I examined what he was doing with his life and I examined what I was doing with mine, I saw, I saw a massive gap um, in using your talents and your abilities to, to give back and to do other things. And I had a couple sleepless nights in a hotel room. Um, there, where I started to think about, you know, what what is my future look like, and what do I want to do, and um, and I ended ended up eventually going back to to ESPN and saying that I, you know, I'm not going to work full time um, with ESPN anymore. Um, I want to do something around conflict. This is ultimately how I ended up in Hawaii, um, starting a peace building uh, conflict resolution program there, and uh, and and really. And really, for a while, I thought that was going to be the end of my career at ESPN. Um, it was 
I don't know, six to eight months later that, that ESPN came back and said, do you think that you'd have time just to do the draft? And, and, and it looked like I did, um, just giving my teaching schedule and everything else. And then, you know, those, those combined together for, you know, the, again, for, for a long time since really since 2005. Um, but, uh, you know, it was really Matumbo uh, that, that inspired me to come and, and think about what am I doing with my life? And, and I still hear him uh, in, in, in my head and, and, you know, it's part of my decision to, to retire now is that, um, with, with the, the time that I have left on this planet, uh, you know, what do I want to do with it? Um, and, uh, you know, those are, those are things that, um, are really, I'm also really passionate about, not just the draft and realizing that as I got older, uh, my bandwidth, uh, my ability to do everything that I want to do, um, becomes, becomes harder. And it was a hard decision to make, but, um, to me, um, the right one. And so um, while you're not going to see me on uh, draft big boards anymore or, or you know, podcasts there, I'm, I'm, I'm not retiring uh, from, from life and the work that I want to do. I, I just got back from the Middle East um, and Cyprus working with peace players there. I'm heading uh, to South Africa a little bit um, later for another trip back to kind of where all this started um, to, do, to do a project there. And, uh, and I, I want to be engaged in a world that, that feels you know, really divided uh, to me. It's, it's it's always been the case, but even more so now. And um, and and work on that end. And basketball will always be part of that because of my connection to Peace Players. And if you haven't ever checked out Peace Players, if you go over to peaceplayers.org, um, you're going to see an awesome organization that brings uh, young people together through the game of basketball to bridge divides and and, and to build leaders. And uh, it's a really really incredible program. And uh, I, I'm going to be around, but just around in a different way. That, that's an awesome story, and I feel like I can relate to it because if there's maybe four things that I enjoy most in this world, it's scouting, traveling, um, video content, um, and oh, I guess, yes, yeah, four. And then the fourth one would be like using my basketball and travel. I want to use it to expose people to a different world like the world is so big and you know I was just telling my my father today like a lot of people may look at a place like Milan and think that it's just this huge foreign world that's so far away from the U.S. when it's really not it, it can be a direct flight and the same thing for like Africa or Israel and I, I would love to come up with some type of um what's the word I'm looking for um just like some experiences using basketball that allows people to travel and open their eyes to to a totally different world and one of the things that i, I kind of had it written down in place in china and then once COVID came it kind of changed everything as nobody's going to be entering china within the the next few years but it kind of opened my eyes that i mean europe and maybe africa are a little bit a, a little bit more I accessible and so i would love to do like some cultural exchange program through basketball and um, for you to say that, and I, I had heard the story briefly, but for you to talk about how you have interests outside of basketball that are related to basketball, it, it just kind of stuck with me there that that's something that we have in common. Yeah, and, and you, you and I have talked about we're going to get you involved in Peace Players uh, at, at some point, and we're going to get you there. And, it, you, you know, you're an international traveler, but they also have sites in Brooklyn, Detroit, Baltimore, Chicago, um, L.A. Nike has been an incredible uh, a sponsor um, on that on that project there. So, uh, you know, if, if you're a listener and you say, man, I love basketball, but I also want to get involved, uh, Peace Players is a great 
great organization to, to, to look at that combines those two together. But they're not the only one uh, that, that's out there that, that is using sport in, in a really positive way. I really do think it's an effective way to bring people together. Um, anybody that's played on a team uh, knows the sort of bonding uh, that happens when you when you play with teammates and you connect with teammates and how it can overcome all sorts of boundaries that might normally sort of exist and 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 really help us deeply see um, each other as people and 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 I think sport is one of those ways, not the only one, but one of those those key ways that that in in our country and around the world that that we can use as a tool um, to help us uh, overcome some of the polarization and and division that 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 we face in the world. And so um, I, I fully expect Raphael that we'll be on some project uh, down the road as well, um, especially with your video skills and, and, and your motivational skills. And, and even, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners know, but Raphael's been a workout guy. He's worked out with a lot of guys. I'm sure you could put on a great clinic uh, for, for young people as well. Um, and, and I'll make sure, make sure that that happens. Uh, uh, at some point down the road, and, and and that that for sure will be a podcast I'll be willing to come back and talk, <laughs> to, you know, talk about uh, when we when we have that journey together. But Raphael, you know, it's 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 time to I think wrap it up, and uh, I I want to wish you the best of luck. I I don't think at the end of the day most of this is luck. I think it's going to be hard work, which I know you have, and and talent, which I know you have, and and also that I I just believe good things happen to good people and you're you're one of the best people I know and so you know I will be watching and and cheering uh, from the sidelines and also I just want to say to all of our listeners and readers um, how much it's meant to me um, for you, especially after I left ESPN, um, to stay on and, and to keep following and, and to drop down money in a subscription to NBA Big Board or to, to become a, a frequent listener of the podcast. Um, it, this has actually been a cool opportunity through me through Substack to be able to interact with some of you on a, on a more regular basis. And one of the cool things that happens over the newsletters, I try to answer um, every comment. We've had Zoom calls together, um, you know, with the community uh, as well. And it's been a really cool chance to, you know, be able to spend time with other people that really are passionate and love the draft. And, and, and I've really appreciated all your work. And, and I hope you'll continue to um, support Raphael. Uh, I think he, he's, he's earned it. Um, he's, going to, he's going to earn it from you. And that you'll keep listening to the podcast. You'll you'll come over to nbabigboard.com and and either get a free subscription or um, if if you're so inclined, a paid one uh, to support Raphael and his work. And uh, I I just see great great things coming in the future. Well, man, I, I just thank you and and, and appreciate you. Uh, my last question for you is: Has it hit you? How 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 does it feel? You know, like when you see the players, they play their last game. They they have done their farewell tour. How does it feel that you are you're, you're retired? <laughs> yeah, it's hit me. Uh, really, when I announced it, um, now I'm going to tear up. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the times, because of the work, the nature of the work that I do, like you know, your sources have to be anonymous. And so, um, when I started getting emails and text messages and phone calls and voicemails from from you know the people that I'd worked with closely in the NBA, whether those were general managers or coaches or or scouts or um, you know eight player agents and and even a few players, um, it it you know meant meant a lot to me. That was you know sort of one of those moments where you know you've been on this journey um, with a lot of people and 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 it's hard to say goodbye. And it is it, it's it's probably been actually a little bit harder. Um, that, that I thought um, to to let go, but part of that is because I've still been going strong. I, I decided I'm not 
saying I'm going to retire in a month and actually retire now. I, I I've, I've stayed pretty active um, in scouting and doing stuff now, and 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 so it's 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 hard. It's it's sinking in though, and um, but it's it's all gratitude. It's all it's all love. It's it's there's no regrets, and uh, and I and I know my family and I are looking forward to having some more some more time uh, together and I'm certainly looking forward to some of these other projects that I'm going to be able to um, focus and spend attention on. And like I said, I'll keep, keep listening to your podcast and, and uh, keep following along. Um, Hopefully you'll count me a subscription to, to NBA big board and uh, I can make that. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, again, nothing but the best Raphael. Thank you. Thank you so much. Again, I, I really, really, really appreciate this this opportunity and just being a friend i mean i know we met in person less than a year ago but i definitely consider you a friend so you didn't have to do what you did and and um again thank you yeah all right well for the last time you've been listening to chad ford's nba big board on the locked on podcast network starting on monday you'll be listening to Raphael's nba big board on the locked on podcast network so for the last time aloha (laughs) 